Welcome to BCC in 3 Talk, your decentralized hub for all things Web3. From blockchains to cryptocurrencies to NFTs, we airdrop knowledge and analysis from industry insiders, journalists, and founders. I'm your host, Jason Rowlett, a writer and editor at BCCN3.com. Now, let's get on with today's show. Welcome to this week's NFT Winners Week. We've got Zendabad here. We've got Keegan with us. Zendabad, how you doing? Oh, doing well, Jason. Thank you for asking. Glad to be back on the podcast. Happy to have you. Keegan, how you doing, sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Another another week in this craziness. Another week in the crazy world of NFTs. So this <laughs> week our winners yeah. are the Littles, the Littles NFT, NFT TIFF, NF TIFF, I should say. Yeah, NF TIFF. Genuine Undead, Rotten Antisocial Club, and Strangers, spelled with an X. Uh, I have no idea how you're supposed to pronounce we'll that. We'll get to that X. one. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to throw me off. Scherzer. Scherzer. So, getting started here symbol. with the... Uh, yeah, just, just a bunch of... Looks uh, like code. So getting started with the Littles NFT, uh, this is a bit of a uh, throwback to, uh, I was going to say the Care Bears, but that's uh, not correct. <laughs> but they are pixelated <laughs> teddy bears, I guess. Um, 10,000 dreamers, explorers, and mischief makers. Uh, but they are for serious grown-ups. I guess it is uh, trying to capture the uh, the meme uh, craze, which may or may not still be out there. You guys would know better than I. But um, tell us about this one. We've got a, a 0.08 floor price. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's the best offer. Okay, take two. They have a 0.1 floor price, which is pretty good. Uh, so, guys, what can you tell me about uh, the Littles NFT. Um, I, th I think the artwork is pretty neat. Uh, it's, I mean, you kind of look at at it from a distance, it's kind of like, oh, this just looks like some stupid kid stuff. But the closer, <laughs> like, <laughs> the closer of a look you take at it, like, it, it is, I think, well made. Um, the pixels are in the right places with the right colors. Uh, but I just I just see like the, it looks like there was some real effort put into creating these uh, tokens, and if you like I said if you look at it from a distance this is something I would would have kind of been hesitant at, um, but it's it's kind of subverted my expectation a bit. Um, yeah, certainly. The I uh, they've been around for a minute. They. Uh... I think they launched in October or November of last year. Uh, I think they have some connections to Doodles as well. At least one of the, I think their founder uh, is pretty active in Doodles. So, yeah, I saw uh, that too on their Medium. It looks like they're, yeah, he has like a Doodle PFP. Yeah, I think that I think that is part of the link. Uh, and then, I don't I don't know. You, you know, I can never put a finger on uh, the exact why, 
I guess we're having that moment with NFTs in general in a way uh, where people are kind of questioning right. where the value came from. But but I've yeah. always had the littles built to me as like, oh, that's a good project. Uh, the, the, they have vision. You should check them out. Uh, so with that said, I think they're battered down pretty badly from all-time high. Uh, if I remember right, I... I remember having that them promoted to me pretty oh, heavily yeah. around like February, March, when they were close to almost one, I think, point eight five, something like that. Uh, so down some, but it is nice to see them at least trading significant volume in this market. Yeah, it's cool to see a project from you know that's been, you know, on the blockchain for nearly a year now to actually. My God, it has life. been almost a year. Yeah, it's... <laughs> now, now you can uh, lock in those capital gains. <laughs> <laughs> no, they look great as well, at least to, to me. I, I'm a big pixel art person, so. Yeah, some of them are, are pretty goofy. Like, there's this one with the lion. He's, like, wearing, like, a rainbow visor. He just looks happy in it. So it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, their website is well-made, um, but it seems a little rough when you get to the roadmap part of things yeah i think they uh oh the uh, because it's kind of loosely defined yeah it's yeah they're just kind of like it's just kind of more of those hints you know like oh, we're gonna do something and yeah. i'm kind of at the point where like if you don't tell me what you're gonna do I'm not going to be interested because I'm not taking a gamble on any of these things anymore. <laughs> I, I I can understand that. I, I think for the time they came up in, which I think was actually pre-crazy roadmap NFT boom, right around October, November, uh, they were pitched right. I'm surprised they never dropped on the roadmap bandwagon. But I, I, on that note, I think this trading volume came out of them uh, starting to execute uh at least execute very visibly they came out with the staking what they're calling the dream space uh on the 16th so uh at some point okay uh, yeah so exactly a week ago there we are uh that oh. that explains a lot um actually especially well, I'm curious because, like, you know, I see the art on their website, and it, it looks like a Subway Rats kind of thing. Like, you can, like, walk around, like, these environments and, like, visit these little shops. So oh, I'm wow, kinda... yeah, I am. Have you been to Playside? Have you gone into Little Staking? No. It's actually really cute. I'm playing around on it right now. It's like a little janky, but they have, like, a little 2D game where you can get into an arcade or... Uh, there's a cafe. I don't think I can enter it. Okay, so How'd I have no idea. That? It's on playside.thelittles.io. Uh, so far, that's a legit URL. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what all I can actually do here. So there is that. But uh, I, I think the idea is this is where... I think right now you can just kind of hop around uh, and you can kick off passive staking which I think is pretty much you sign a message and then your little start snapping or whatever it is, uh, and you can accumulate rewards that way, and then a play side opens properly in September, and then you can play mini-games. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's, to, to see that they're actually still working on these things, because 
I mean, you, you buy these projects, and then, you know, the pump ends, you know, it's months down the road, and it's kind of like, do these people still exist? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and, you know, we're kind of seeing that, and I guess, I guess obviously they do exist, because, you know, their website says the mint was 0.125, and it's a 10,000 set, so that's about 1,250 Ethereum or Ether for the team. So that's definitely enough to, to you know, work on this project for for a year. I mean, that's close to two million dollars today. Um, Oof. Yeah. So you know, it's kind of like you better work on this because you got the money to sustain the team, and it looks like they. I guess they are doing that, and it's kind of cool. You know, it's so a part of me wouldn't be surprised if we see more projects just kind of slowly pop up like hey guys we didn't disappear yep. we're still working on things i guess maybe pudgy penguins is an exact and another example of that um, oh pudgy yeah. penguins we're, we're definitely be talking, going to be talking about them next week it's uh yeah <laughs> yeah i i don't know i i think part of it is also how expectations work for some of the older projects here uh like people are Sorry, people are, are uh, I, I guess this speaks to the whole narrative thing we were talking about uh, right before the show started. Uh, people were spending a lot of ETH for a lot less in 2021. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I guess when your community is satisfied with like some promises and merch, uh, the, the mindset is a little different. And I think to some extent the, that translates to stronger hands in the community. Uh, People don't run up listings as much, that kind of thing. Uh, so I guess more on Pudgy Penguins next week. On the one hand, I 100% think it's a pump orchestrated by Crypto Twitter, and they've only delivered plushies and merch at the end of the day. Uh, but they're selling to people who still think it's fine and cool and are happy with buying a penguin for the sake of having a penguin at two or three ETH each. So more power to them. Yeah, right. I guess so. And with this, I mean, I you know, you know, I saw things like Pixelmon, you know, this that epic rug pull. But oh, you know, they, Pixelmon. They, they came out with artwork that was much better. You know, like the last like earlier in the month. And you know, it's kind of like, well, you guys did make what like fifty million or something like that. Yep. So it's like, I guess. They did realize, like, okay, well, you know, people are pissed off at us, but we have the money to <laughs> to to do what we wanted to do now. Well, they, they kept, kept Kevin him. intact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Great minds. Great minds. They kept him. <laughs> they kept Kevin. So, yeah. like, they're aware. They, they know. <laughs> no, that is funny. I, uh... Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm friends through one of my groups with the I think he's was the operations manager for Pixelmon. Great guy, uh, very unhappy with how it went. Uh, <laughs> we we actually have a we have a sticker in the server of uh, him. It's an art, it's a medium article or something like that with him being quoted saying, "Yeah, the reveal was totally unacceptable." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Who, yeah, uh, yeah I want to know who who's who signed that off. Like, we're ready with this art. 
Yeah, but but but, but there you. I, I guess they set the bar very high, uh, and it came at a time when we kind of thought the. I you know I I I, I don't know what we thought. I didn't bid on the Pixelmon Dutch auction, uh, but I, I guess it, it sort of comes back to the littles in a sense. Uh, and granted, they're kind of seeing. Uh, and a pump based on some news, and now their floor is down once again, and we'll see how they come back. But they, I think, picked up volume because they set expectations, and it's been a year, but they're delivering on them. Will people be able to deliver on a AAA game, which they took two ETH for? Will Pixelmon owners ever be in profit, the ones who bought at the Dutch auction? That's a good yeah, question. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I guess this kind of thing does make make me a little bit more hopeful about some of the tokens I am holding with the expectation that this is a good team and they're not just trying to, you know, take some money and run. Um, so it, it, they have quite a team. I mean, I don't know what pixel pusher means, but, you know, the, they have three of them. Uh, so, but they, they have, like, a full engineering team. They, they have, you know, plenty of illustrators and artists. Um, so it, it's kind of cool to know that they that they have you know allocated the resources to really develop something interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially these partnerships. Uh, they got cool cats and kaiju kings and cyber kongs. So. Well, they're pretty well connected and they've been around a while. So looks like they're in good, pretty good standing. Yeah, Jason, would would you buy into this? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, hmm. um, Faked me out. Yeah. No, no. I, I, uh, uh, I might. Again, it would have to go back to this this idea of, um, you know, creating content, creating, you know, what what it would have in the behind it. To me, would be what's important as far as an NFT, a storyline, a game, that kind of thing. Um, I think when this market eventually shakes out, you're going to be very well positioned with that outlook, Jason. Uh, that's where everyone is going to be looking soon, right? Actual substance. So you're ahead yeah, of think, the curve. I think people are really frustrated. You know, they're, they're buying a product that really is just an IOU. And... There's no real requirement to come through on that IOU. And yeah, guys... it's um, it. This is why I think the the community's got to go toward GameFi. And I was reading yesterday that Solana is, and I shouldn't speak too much about it because I'm not very knowledgeable on this subject. But they've got um, basically they're creating their own GameFi. NFTs or NFT platform. Um, in other words, if the gaming community doesn't want NFTs, they will go and create their own gaming community based upon NFTs. Um, that's a smart that way to was, do it. I think that's you know? a smart way to do it. To They've got to go somewhere with this um, or just drop it all together. But I think that Solana is positioning itself really well. And I think that could even... I mean, they want to compete with OpenSea, um, some of these others. Uh, you know, they're, oh, you're they're, Magic they're, Eden? 
Yeah, I mean, the, oh, I'm sorry, with Magic Eden, yeah, as far as the Solana uh, NFTs, yeah. Uh, but they're creating, they're going after the GameFi community to create their own community for it since NFTs are so looked down upon in the gaming community. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so, that will be a hurdle uh, to cross for sure. That's really the only way I can see them moving forward anyway. Uh, they've got to carve out their own niche. So. And I, I guess Solana's better made for that at the moment. Um, you know, with, with When it works. When it no, works. No, no, yeah, we, true. When it we works. love all the that... chains here. No, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, but you're right. You're right. Please. You know, with the, the low transaction fees really make that kind of ambition more possible where i mean if i got to pay 15 bucks to pick up a sword in an ethereum based dungeon crawler you know i'm probably not going to play that game very often right and then you uh, see a lot of uh, you, you see a lot of games deploying on ETH, uh either being partially on an l2 uh, so, so a, a bunch of their functionalities on polygon that kind of thing uh or the they they go with uh, I've seen the term Web 2.5 design. I don't know if that's a good term, but it makes sense to me. Well, where you do you your system of record for some important stuff like characters and items is on chain, and then all your mechanics and your interactions and all of that you just put on a server like normal. Uh, always to get around the shortcomings of Ethereum, exactly as you said. Yeah, it's it's. It's going to be a hindrance that needs to kind of be, you know, kind of figured out because it's, it's just, it's too expensive. Maybe if there's a tokenomic that kind of solved that problem, you know, instead of game five where you, you're earning money to put in your bank account, if you're just earning money just to operate the game, I think in that sense, it would probably make more you know, just be more practical. Like, here, you know, you played the game, we're going to give you this much cryptocurrency. Try to use that cryptocurrency so that you actually operate the, the actions in our game. <laughs> you know, so I could see, like, that angle being a bit more uh, helpful to players instead of just, you know, play our game until you're rich and then, you know, disappear. Yeah, it's a weird loop. I, I, I think where we're going with games, and, and this speaks, I guess, to the little, somewhat, the minigame angle, it speaks to, to Subway Rat, which I know you're still holding, Keegan, uh, yeah. is, is how much people start to value digital assets, uh, and how important, say, your home in a video game is, uh, how much you'd be willing to spend on something like that. For perspective, people yeah. are happy to spend... People are really deeply invested in, in Counter-Strike Global Offensive, the shooter game. Uh, and it's a very small percentage of the total players for that free game spending this kind of money. But there are people who spend north of like ten, dollars $100,000 on, on skins and stickers. Uh, because yeah, that's just attracting true. that kind of following. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that on Steam. I know um, Team Fortress 2, like, Half the people only play the game just so they can buy and sell hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you guys arguing? Like, why? I don't understand. Like, why are these Web 2 people like, hey, get this money out of our games? Like, you guys have been doing this for like 20 oh, yeah, years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, Valve like, games were the, the original NFTs, honestly. Yeah, like, y'all, 
y'all aren't doing anything like you know holier than thou like it's, it's really bizarre like people selling their world of warcraft accounts like if you put it on a blockchain you don't actually have to sell the account you can just sell the contents it's just it's bizarre and and I, I don't quite understand that but you know i've seen so many players on steam games saying i i just use this game as as you know marketing or to as business it's like okay so you're not really here to play the game it's 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 not a web 3 exclusive you know oh yeah no, certainly not it's uh I, I really think valve pioneered that and now a lot of people are uh it's weird. Nobody was talking about it when I started up, and that wasn't that long ago, in, like, January. Uh, but people are now talking about CSGO and Team Fortress items a lot. Yeah. I, I, let's see. I, I think they're realizing you need to market a game and make it a good game that people want to play, and not just 10,000 people who hold your token, but literally millions of people. And then maybe yeah, you can yeah. sell stuff on that order. And then also, I mean, in Steam's defense, you know... They did adopt Bitcoin for a short time. You know, they, they were trying that out. Like, we're at 2017. Did Steam ever take Bitcoin payments? Back in the day, yeah. A couple years ago, they, they actually wow. put it on their website or on their platform. And they, they, they ended it for a few reasons. One, it was the price made it difficult for them to just to keep track of things. You know, they're like, okay price is different every single day like this is you know it's like you know gas prices but you know like actual gas you know like the gas station but like you know just more insane and then yep. he also said half the people that were buying things with bitcoin i guess weren't really gamers they were, they were just using bitcoin for bitcoin's purpose not actually to purchase video games so gabe has a couple of opinions and unlike <laughs> People like Warren Buffett or Bill Gates, which I do respect and find interest in their opinions on the subject, but Gabe actually dove headfirst into it. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he adopted Bitcoin on the platform to begin with. So it's like he's actually talking from experience, not from observation, you know? Yeah, I, I, that is complete news to me, actually. I, I truly had no idea that Valve had adopted Bitcoin he, briefly. I think it was for like half a year or something, but it, it was there. You, you could have bought games with Bitcoin for a while. All right, so up next we've got NFTIF. This is a collection, a small collection of just 250 NFTs um, designed as a digital and physical pendant. So it's got a, uh, well, it, OpenSea is not reporting a floor price, so uh, the best offer is saying 6.3. My goodness. Um, you know, they must have been claimed. That's my guess. Is it? Oh, is wow. It very odd. Yeah, I, I suppose because there's so few of them. Uh, they're, they're just none for sale. There is no floor price. Yeah, they were, they were on a floor price last week, uh, like 52 ETH. Um, it's, so I'm, I'm assuming, you know, wow. this... These have been claimed now because you look it's got the the, the pendant with the chain and yeah, that originally it was like the uh the gift box so that's i'm assuming all the crypto punk holders have now claimed these 
Yeah, so this, so this was part of, I guess, that one of the outcomes of the Yuga Labs uh, CryptoPunks acquisition, right? Uh, Tiffany yeah. has offered a set of, to manufacture custom pendants for CryptoPunk owners. And I heard them. I watched that podcast that the guys at Yuga did um, like last week. I forgot the name of the channel. Oh, they uh, had an were... AMA or something, right? Or, or are you talking about something completely different? It was like a podcast interview okay. with um, some group on on YouTube. It was like an hour and a half, so you know they really got deep into discussion. And one of the things that Yuga said was they they had nothing to do with this project. You know, I guess their acquisition of CryptoPunks, allowing other people to just do whatever they want with these tokens. And if Tiffany comes in and kind of put this together. And I, I, I guess the guys at Yuga were just kind of hands off for the whole the whole time. Uh, did, did, did they not broker any kind of deal for it? This is all Tiffany. That's that's just according to the podcast. But yeah, Yuga wow. was just kind of they had nothing to do with it. Um, this was between Tiffany and I guess uh, just a couple people at Crypto. Or I don't I don't even know if it had anything to do with the team at CryptoPunks, or if it was just a, hey, we're here for the CryptoPunk people. Um, yeah, color the... me surprised. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Maybe it was a NFT or non-fungible Noah. I think is their new brand ambassador. I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that. Uh... Maybe he was in contact with Tiffany. I I can't really. That's just pure speculation. Um, that's not a fact at all. Oh, I remember that... he founded Howlers, who I followed months and months ago. Yep. No, I, I I know of him. Yeah. So whatever he's doing, it worked. <laughs> so, because well, this is quite honestly one of the coolest projects out there. And it's a neat idea, right? It's a neat idea. Do we know what the stuff is gonna be made of? Yeah, it's on their website. It's high quality Tiffany standard jewelry. Um you're you're not getting any pulled punches here. Um, they're they're using all the same suppliers that they use for their regular uh, products. Um, you know, just mm. it's like twenty different types of stones. They have a lot of stones to try and match the pixels, the pixel colors. Um, I don't know if it's rose gold or just regular gold for the for the metals. Nice. Um, no, I appreciate but, the level of, de uh, of detail here. Cool. You know what it is, and I didn't understand the pushback to this project. True. Is it's it's Tiffany, right? Tiffany, like Starbucks, has a reputation to uphold. And if they send people pendants that are made out of like of plastic and rhinestones, people can be like, "This isn't Tiffany. This no, no, is of course, of plastic course. and rhinestones." But this being Tiffany and the fact that they asked for what like a ten million dollar mint was um, it? Uh, I suppose a fifty k and then times two hundred. Yep, that that sounds about right. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's about fifty. Yeah, it was crazy. And so people are like, "Oh my gosh, it's so expensive." It's like, have you been on the Tiffany website? Everything's expensive. It's Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I don't know that everything costs upward of fifty grand, but fine point. Fine point. I, I looked because I, I wanted to, to figure it out, and it's like a range from like $2,000 to like $200,000. So 
So to be 50 grand is really just kind of right in the middle of their target audience's, you know, affordability. So it's it's kind of cool that that they're that they're doing this. And it was so funny. I think I told Jason this. You know, I saw a lot of people on on Twitter. Uh, you know, they're they're saying things like. Oh, they're just stealing my idea. Why don't you just? I I can make jewelry too, and I can make jewelry yeah, from. Yeah, I think people have done that before. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they have. But it's like, you see the. Let's do a side by side, right? Here's the jewelry made by some guy in his basement, and here's jewelry made by you know 200 years of experience at Tiffany. <laughs> they're not gonna look the same, you know. Like if I had to choose. You know, if there was no price attached, and I just got to pick at which one I think is better, you know, it's going to be the. You're Tiffany. not wrong. You're not wrong. You know, like it's it's like comparing, you know, uh, you know, a Bugatti to some Ford Pinto. Like, there's a clear difference in in quality here, and also let's. You know, I think a lot of, I think a lot of NFT people. It's so weird. When we see adoption happen, we see real products attached to these things, and we see pushback. I think that's really bizarre, because hmm. why why are you saying, "Hey, get out of Web 3? Well, that I doesn't don't know make that I would sense. Call it adoption. Well, no, you're right. It is. It, it, it's a company coming in. Okay, nope. I I I'll, you know I'll take I mean? you up on that. You're right. It's, uh, yeah. it's people showing interest, people wanting to get into this space. And jewelry, for the longest time, has been a form of investment, right? There's gold, you know, there's silver, uh, there's, I mean, these are things you can buy. Uh, there, there's jewelry. I mean, gold from the ancient Egyptians still has the immense value. Maybe it's historical, not necessarily the quality of the gold itself, but it's there. And people have been buying and selling you know, jewelry and fine metals for as long as time. Cause you know, that was one of our earliest forms of investment. And now you get an NFT, it, you have your crypto punk, and now you have a pendant from Tiffany. I mean, if you had a Tiffany jewelry from, you know, a hundred years ago, that thing has appreciated in value. These things don't lose value. It's Tiffany. Yep. And good point. you know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of cool to see that that end product. Like, well, why does this NFT matter? Well, because you get a Tiffany pendant. <laughs> I, I think I think what you're touching on is great for Web three adoption and makes sense to like a buyer with an eye with an eye for like market fundamentals, right? Like metal has value. Everyone knows metal has value. It's great that CryptoPunks get metal, and I agree with that. Uh, I think some of the pushback, if you saw it from punk owners, at least people who came into that early, and, and I get this from, not that I'm like in the secret boys club of punk owners or anything, but I, I know a couple of people who were around at that point, uh, plus Twitter, and the, the I think the part of that pushback, I think, is good old elitism, uh, and I think part yeah. of it is, is is some sadness that that people got in because things uh, that people got into this as almost countercultural and definitely underground. Uh, yeah, synonym is punk. 
And now they're owned by Yuga Labs, which basically means they're owned by VCs. Uh, and they have a. And now they're collaborating with Tiffany, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Back and forth on it, you know, because it, you can't uh, be worth 50k and be underground, or to worth 200k uh, and be underground. So, yeah, I, I, I like... guess that's what you exchange for prestige. I, I, that's kind of like what Banksy has been fighting ever since that documentary came out, right? Was, you know, I've I've always done this underground art, you know, exit through the gift shop comes out and now he's mainstream. And, you know, Banksy's like, I don't want to be mainstream. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's... Yeah, that's it. Culture and counterculture. Not smart enough to parse that myself, but I think we're we're seeing that play out a little here. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I've i never been a CryptoPunk holder, so it's kind of really hard to have their opinions or share their opinions or really know what they see in it. Uh, because, I mean, unlike, I guess, the Bored Apes, CryptoPunks really are just on-chain art. You know, there isn't really a utility behind it. It's It's just kind of the first of its kind. Yeah, and... Yet, a lot. I can't say this of every punk owner, obviously, but I think by virtue of being picked up by early adopters, right, uh, you, you end up with a lot of people in CryptoPunks who bought a lot of ETH very early, at the very least. People who are crypto whales, and perhaps more interestingly, people who really invest themselves in into building up what we're calling web three now or putting together a particular version of that like punk six five two nine uh putting out his metaverse course for free out uh free recently uh has been putting together this whole open metaverse initiative and yeah it's a 3d space where you can look at crypto art that's linked up to the blockchain and it looks like a video game from 2008 if not earlier but I think the people actually trying to do good faith crypto experiments, uh, the people who had a vision for this space beyond eventually just cashing everything out to dollars and buying a yacht, uh, they probably have a high overlap with people who bought into CryptoPunks when they were worth dirt. Were, crypt were CryptoPunks like a high floor price before NFTs exploded? Do you know? Uh, man, I need to think back now. So, I know they minted for free. Uh, right. And then as far as uh, the history of the price goes... Oh, wow, some of these have only been tracking for not so long. I, so I think punks exploded. I know punks traded higher than apes for a long time, understandably. Uh, they've just been around longer. And then if we look at their all-time chart, which is... Yeah, no, no. So punks tr started trading above one-eighth average in only mid-2020, actually. So it's a phenomenon okay. of the last two years, and then they've gone absolutely crazy since then. Uh, right. This chart on OpenSea is actually hard to read because 
it's all thrown off by a let me find it 8000 ethereum purchase in 8, October 2021 <laughs> yeah what <laughs> wait someone bought a crypto pump for 8000 eth yeah punk 5822 it's an alien with a bandana and diamond eyes i hope the owner of that claimed their tiffany chain uh 5000 eth 8000 eth Eight thousand each. Which would have been twenty three million dollars at the time, yeah. A drop in the oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. So so you could have bought that in twenty twenty, <laughs> early twenty twenty for under one. Uh and Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> But only once, only once. They're not averaging I, around there. I thought that four hundred pudgy penguin was a lot. <laughs> My god. Oh my god, what? That is insane. So yeah, to, to, to your point, you're, you're completely on the money. I, punks definitely blew up before Bored Apes, but they only saw floor prices uh, uh, above like 10 ETH by February 2021. So, ramped very quickly. Okay, so I'm curious. Uh, now, that, now that these NFTs have been claimed, right, the utility is finished what is the value of these nfts right because now that value is transferred over into the pendant itself yeah um, especially because it's going to be a pendant that re resembles a specific crypto punk yeah I, I guess any flex factor from it being a punk if nfts are just dead in the water is gone right uh yeah so what's what val? I mean, if you held this NFT in your wallet, would someone even be willing to buy it? Because the the utility is a one-use thing. Oh, the punk. Oh, the, the, that that's no, different. Not the punk. But... Just the NFT. Oh, the just the that's that's an interesting question. Yeah, I I don't know. I yeah. Uh, it's weird ago, because. It was... Oh, go ahead. I think the people who were like really massive maximalists about like the value of on-chain things and the value of on-chain provenance are probably the same people you mentioned earlier calling NFTF like a big shame and a scam. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they, we're in this weird place where the people who would value something like this highly because of the position of the product maybe won't be that attracted. But at the same time, there are only 250 of them. So I'd expect them to still trade uh, probably around the current best offer. I mean, we're in a god-awful market and there's still a standing offer out for six Ethereum with the understanding that a pendant might have already been claimed off it so right so what do you think jason i mean you you really like utility but it seems like now that we've claimed these the utility's gone yeah i don't know where you would go from here um again i mean it it, it is good in the sense that it's a very popular brand name there would be more people uh would be in a position to buy it and push the price up but i don't you're so like airdrop some earrings or something <laughs> right yeah that, that's the <laughs> yeah maybe use it to do what like with nike you can own the physical pair of shoes that you are are also tied to the nft that you own um you know there, there's at least a little more utility that ties it back to the physical world which doesn't have to always do that but um, again, like I said last week, we're kind of looking 
at the fancy key that opens up the front door to the big beautiful house but nobody's looking right. at the big beautiful house nobody's walking in we're just looking at how pretty this key is so i that's where i want to see like moving forward like what does this unlock for me besides a a a pump on the market um that i can get back you know uh you can't yeah get fine point you fine can't point. get anything with it i mean i don't know that's how i see it so far which is why i've which is why i've said for several weeks now that the nft community really has to evolve um i i don't see nft enthusiasts uh, uh, i shouldn't say enthusiasts but project creators and founders sort of um winning more people to their side um, yeah new projects especially i i'd say punks it's a little weird uh because and, and you know they they weren't even the first uh digital collectible but they're certainly the most famous uh and, and i think barring a massive change in narrative that's probably going to be the way this is as long as digital collectibles are relevant so uh, with with the story there and the fact that punk owners tend to be types who go out and make their own names and the punk is an id but you're contributing to the metaverse you're trying to build the future uh, and then other punk owners get a little piece of that credibility punks right. will be okay but punk will the, be the, yeah. but they're building their own house right they've stayed relevant partly because they're building their own house and it's not something that's attractive to web 2 crowds or even uh a lot of crypto native crowds uh but there's building happening without even a well-funded team in place prior to yuga most projects can't claim that you're absolutely right yeah i mean i see board apes and crypto punks as the uh respective bitcoin and ethereum in the crypto market where you have a ton of uh, exposure and um your your brand is huge um and it is nice to see them like with tiffany uh, to go this way but you know even bitcoin needs the lightning network um ethereum needs polygon and all the other multi-chains underneath it to make it what it can fully be uh, to uh provide that application for the demand that the market wants which is decentralization all around it just seems to be yep. stifling itself or um I don't know, it seems to be in a growth uh, kind of neutralized or something right now. And you and make it, a... Yeah. Please. Well, I was, uh, when I was at DecentralCon Austin, Ian Bellina, the founder of um, Token Metrics, told me cryptocurrency essentially handed the baton to NFTs. Then we saw that uh, skyrocket. They dropped the baton. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of... He, he was saying back then, that was in June, he was saying they've got to hand it off to GameFi and the metaverse, which is the natural application of where it would go. And yet I see them, like Keegan said, they're, I don't know, dropping that baton. Now, I'm speaking general. I'm painting with a broad brush here. But where else can it go? It, it, it's obvious that the natural thing, and that's why I said earlier, this thing with Solana, you know, they've got to create their own metaverse. Like NFTs have to somehow coalesce and i don't mean centralized but they've got to come together in some way to build their own metaverse build their own um 
gaming communities. You can't rely on these uh, Web2 companies. Uh, Keegan wrote a great article a few weeks ago about how Minecraft, you know, rejected <laughs> NFTs outright. And they have some perhaps legitimacy thing, in that. But at the same time, it's like you can't rely your, your Web3 technology on a Web2 company. They're just not going to want it. So they've got to really put the effort out to build these communities and uh, get away from these walled gardens of the Web2 um, platforms. But that's how I see it anyway. I think that's why Other Side is going to probably be that project. I can't really envision another metaverse plot or anything like that, which isn't Other Side. Uh, you know, they're not built on Minecraft, uh, maybe Sandbox, but personally, I don't want to see 3D pixelated things. I was never into the Minecraft art style, and I'm not into the Sandbox art style either. But Other Side seems to be taking more of a just high-fidelity approach where things actually are pleasing to look at. It's tough because I, so for, from a technical and experience standpoint, what I've seen, at least I really admire what you guys doing with other side. Uh, and I'm in complete agreement with you, Jason, that there, there has to be something built here. Uh, and maybe the metaverse is the natural extension of that. But, but to me, the incentives just don't line up for people to, to build something open uh, because there's always more money in creating a walled platform ideally having everyone use it so it's not even that walled anymore uh but you're taking rent on everything and yuga labs will take that rent in the form of, of apecoin adoption and asymmetrical exchange fees like roblox does with children today uh <laughs> and they'll and if it takes off they'll make money hand over fist but the the result is you end up with what's ultimately an owned metaverse platform and if uh not that the metaverse should be a great place to do illegal things, but we've seen Tornado Cash get pulled up big time by uh, OPEC sanctions over the last week or so. Uh, if the same kind of regulatory pressure, and it could be over something much dumber, it could be over user-created content, it's probably going to be over user-created content, uh, results in Yuga Labs getting pulled up over other side, well, you've got a single platform provider that's vulnerable to censorship. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is the the the, the higher ideals of crypto, uh, I think were possible in decentralized finance, where you it's hard to make a protocol that does everything well, and people or run a project that does everything well, and people find their niches and invest heavily there. Uh, with I, I guess what I'm saying is there's. It, Web2 analogies, everyone has a different bank uh, and works with a different stockbroker. And there are a few very popular options, but there's a wide range of adoption. But but on the internet and in video games, Fortnite and Minecraft and Roblox take the lion's share of people who play on PCs and consoles in the world. Google takes more traffic than 90-something percent of other sites. Uh, and that tendency towards monopoly, I think, in uh, interactive experiences, in consumer tech, that's what we're talking about, consumer tech, really, uh, seems to be at odds with building something decentralized and permissionless and uh, resistant to censorship. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays point. out. <laughs> There's, like, you know, the biggest, you know, it's always kind of like, 
it's, it's the most inclusive thing out there, right? Blockchain can include anybody, you know, because it's decentralized. But then at a certain point, you'd be like, who's anybody? Because anybody is, you know, can bring in a lot of problems. And, you know, that's quite clear with what we've seen a lot of people use crypto for. And, yeah, you know, there might be some questionable things that do pop up on these on the other side or in other parts of the metaverse. And, you know, what are we going to follow? Are, are we sticking to our guns and saying decentralization means anybody? Or are we going to kind of sacrifice a small bit of uh, centralization just to kind of keep keep things sane? Yeah, and, and can Yuga Labs even do that? Or can the owner of a single metaverse platform even do that if the U.S. government comes knocking at your door? Uh, yeah. I, I don't think they feasibly can. Uh, so are people going to give up the, the very powerful incentive of, like, owning the garden and having everyone pay rent uh, for the sake of these higher crypto ideals? I don't know. And the other piece, I guess, I know we're getting way off track into the metaverse now, but is that the, the, like kids who want to play minecraft at the library all day and, and do nothing else with their lives don't care if the infrastructure is decentralized and permissionless most adults who are into entertainment don't care how things are produced or the the background or ethics behind whatever they're consuming whether it's consumer products whether it's tv whatever it is uh that's a good so, point yeah, how do you get the people buying into this stuff to care? Uh, I mean, most people having don't even a good care about experience. the NFT they buy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most people don't care about, you know, half the tokens in their wallet, you know, let alone care about decentralization. Uh, yeah, and so the, the, I feel like there's this race uh, among people trying to build an open metaverse. Uh to, to create or the, or the I guess it's in all facets of Web3 there are these races between smaller teams trying to build something they see is more in line with the ideals which tends to have the side effect of letting them scale up very quickly where they wouldn't have otherwise have the capital by the way uh, before a legacy player comes in just kind of puts the window dressing on so they can market it uh, and sucks up everything for themselves right it's 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 strange, but I guess something that people do care about is rocking a Tiffany pendant. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm no, curious true. if you guys had one of these crypto pendants, crypto punk Tiffany pendants. You know, it's 50, 50 grand around your neck. Where are you gonna wear it? I mean, I ain't taking Court this side to safe the next NBA game. Courtside next NBA game. That's a good one. I just never leave my house again. It's the only safe place. <laughs> you know, because you know, if you're walking around the mall with one of these things, you're gonna get some person who's gonna come. NFTs are so stupid. Why you got that around your neck? <laughs> I can just see it. Or you'll just get robbed. Are you? Yeah. Or they'll just yank it off. And be like, actually, these do have value. <laughs> tell them. Tell them you got fifty thousand reasons why it's not. Um... <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's. It's top quality stuff that that this is. I mean, do you take it to the Met Gala? Like, you know, where where do you rock one of these things? 
It'll be interesting. When's the first time we see it in a Drake video? <laughs> yeah. I'll wrap it around my avatar neck. <laughs> I guess well, that's the next next phase for this NFT is oh, give us a metaverse yes. application. That, that yeah. would be kind of cool. And How do we got not... the real yep. one. There it is. That's right there, Tiffany. If you're listening, make this an avatar thing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, up next, we've got the genuine undead. They're genuinely undead, as opposed to <laughs> only appearing <laughs> right. to be undead. undead. Think about that name. Only. They're genuinely so. alive, I, I suppose you could say. But no, they're genuinely <laughs> undead. Genuine um, zombie. It's interesting that they, they're they uh, telling you how many pixels 24 by 24 in this PFP. So it's obviously it's directly a PFP, made for PFP. Um, they're kind of telling some details here on uh, that we don't usually see on many NFTs. You know, 5,995 classic, 996 cyberpunk, eight legendary. So they're breaking it down in their um, in their collection here in their description on OpenSea. They're even telling you it's an ERC 721A contract. Um, with a I'm, point I'm curious. Four price. It's it's just a lot of detail I noticed that we don't see on other collections. I, what is a hand drawn pixel? Like <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Maybe I'm just not. Maybe I'm just art stupid. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's free range and organic. <laughs> like I, I I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe they're just, it's not computer generated. I just, I just see that. It seems kind of like a funny thing to say, hand drawn. I'm pretty sure pixel. it's a joke. I'm pretty sure it's a joke. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just, people are going to call me out next. Like, you don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> what do you make of the look, Keegan? I think this looks exactly like Wagdai from earlier in the summer. Oh, okay. Hmm. Maybe not exactly, but like, I just, I just see that influence in it to have this sort of macabre sort of I see what you're getting. Yep. Art theme and that did really well and then it didn't do really well cuz I think yeah. like that's just another project that was like soaring and then just tanked because Egen season was you know full full blast at that time. This I see so much similarity to it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I think Wag Die, We Are All Going to Die, uh, was riding pretty high on the uh, storytelling Goblin Town kind of meta we were seeing. And uh, this, I, I think what stands out about Genuine Undead for me is, is that I, I looked and I looked, right? While, while this was going crazy, it went up to... I think a floor price of around 0.25, something like that. Uh, yeah, around there. And so I was like looking, like, what what am I missing here? Uh, and I think it really just is the same as uh, Rare Peeps, e even with even less provenance, right? There's no claim to being an OG Pepe artist here. People just liked how they looked. Uh, and I mean, there's probably a hefty slug of market manipulation in there, but I think a lot of people just really liked how these looked. And you know, that's that, you know, that's that's an acceptable you know reason to buy these things. 
uh, you know, at a certain point, I mean, just having digital art, you know, deserves to be recognized, you know, for its quality. Um, it's maybe a little different from the kind of art that we see at art blocks and genitive art, but, you know, just because it looks good is a reason to own it. That's As profile pictures, PSP. I actually really dig these. Yeah, no, I am, um, I, I don't know if after the run they've had, they'll ever go like dirt, dirt cheap again. But if they ever get to like 0.01, I'm going to buy a few. They look good. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what the, my PFP is. I don't even know the collection. I just saw the art and went, okay, I'm going with this. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe at, you know, quarter ETH, it might be a little exaggerated. You know, maybe the real value is quite less than that. But it, it's it's kind of cool, you know, to see that people do have a, an interest in the art. And even though I think the art's a little similar to some other projects, um, you know, same with music. I mean, half of all music is just kind of a, influenced by the other half. Um, yeah. Well, what's crazy to me is, I mean, they... So, Lifetime... Actually, I have no idea how many Lifetime sales they've done. Uh and I don't even know how to look that up. But the, 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 they put in some... <laughs> Sorry, this made me laugh. No, no. <laughs> but, 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 so, but they've clocked thousands and thousands of sales. If you take the area, I, I guess, roughly under the, the that curve. It's... Uh, I, I would guess at well over 5,000 sales. Uh, at prices of up to 0.25. And yet they only have about 7k on Twitter. I feel like it... it, it uh, speaks to and 7k on twitter while getting shouted out by some accounts with really big followings in both broader crypto twitter and nfts uh and it really makes me wonder how few of us are still active honestly right uh kind you of know, a depressing thing to say but that makes a lot of sense i mean with you know so many new projects just coming out and just being you know just the ggen stuff it's like the hesitancy to follow these projects on Twitter definitely exists. Hmm. Now it's like, okay, if this project's only gonna last a week, I'm not gonna follow it. That's a good uh, point. You know, um, but you know they managed to sell quite a bit and still have seven thousand followers. Is it's kind of strange. That, that's a little weird. Do they have a Discord? They do have a Discord. So maybe that's where their community is. Oh, I didn't even realize. There you go. I just, I just check their OpenSea page. I'm so used to seeing no <laughs> Discord, no roadmap that I, I don't even go looking anymore. Yeah, the no roadmap thing kind of rubs me the wrong way, though. I'm not a big fan of, you know, like, we're just going to under-promise and over-deliver. And it's like, okay, well, I still kind of want to know what I'm buying. Like, <laughs> you know, I, like... I think Undead really just launched as an art effort. Uh, and I don't think they even build the whole no roadmap, CC0, etc. It, it might have been in there. But uh, it's really surprising for me to see, okay, here's some cool art. It does well. I'm used to cool art actually not doing that well in the last Yeah. Weeks. And it says right here, I guess, their roadmap. They said, you want roadmap? Let's make a road. Um, and then I guess it's through a Twitter space. Um, this was, I guess, earlier yesterday or something like that. But So yeah. they are... They're explaining things, but they're not really putting it in front of your face. So that's kind of an interesting approach to it. I expect them to go largely community-driven. 
and it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, so, so we're in a we're at a point where yes, speculator interest is kind of at an all time low, and DGen projects aren't even really pumping anymore, and even legitimate ones are struggling massively. Where a few weeks ago, people seemed almost excited to buy into something new and legitimate. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like someone who really gets out of bed passionate about genuine undead in these market conditions probably has the resilience and interest to actually at least be very active on Twitter, maybe contribute to building community things, funding community things, that kind of thing. It'll be interesting to see how these guys and a few others who really got traction in the bear do coming out of it, just because these conditions are probably going to attract higher quality buyers than, like, the peak of the whitelist meta. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Jason, I mean, I know you're kind of big on utility, and this seems to have zero. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, none at all. This tops my list for uh, no utility. No, actually, that's <laughs> probably not it's true. Up there with it's nothing. It's up, yeah, it's nothing tops the list. Um, <laughs> they really took the cake on that. You know, I love the motto, rise and shine together. Um, you know, they put a motto like that, and uh, I realize it's tongue-in-cheek, but still, um, in what way? I mean, it's almost sort of a... I, I don't, I don't want to go so far as um, to say this about Genuine Undead, but I, I do believe there are many creators out there, um, some that I've just mentioned, uh, that are sort of like mocking the investor. Um, and we've talked about that on the show before. That's a good point. Yeah. And recently, like especially, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, like you just buy this, you're like, an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's nothing. So, you know, at what point are we going to just say we're being mocked here? Um, you know, there's no utility behind it, so there's no reason in my mind to think that it's going to go up. Um, a floor price of 0.05 is nothing. It's gone down. It's gone down, you know. Um, and, and that's yet, a trend. At the same time, yeah. you could take this artwork and totally do a lot of stuff with it if they had the team behind it. I mean, I know there's other resources necessary, but it's, again, it's like that stunted growth you could do this you could create a comic book you could create you could write a novel you could start a video game you could do a mobile app game um so many things and yet um or just tag it on to like i don't know some some metaverse that's that's already out there that would that would want it um and yet we don't see that so again i'm i'm uh I'm becoming an echo chamber, but uh, that's just, that's how I see it. Yeah, and it's a risky proposition for sure. Uh, that kind of makes it... me wonder, oh, sorry if I'm interrupting. No, you're not, you're not. I was going to say, I mean, when there's no utility, like you've mentioned, Jason, there's really no bigger picture kind of being applied here. What do these legendary traits even matter? Exactly. Uh, you know, why would I want one of these eight legendary tokens? I mean, sure, the you know maybe it looks better than the other ones, 
But at the end of the day, what does it do differently for the holder besides cost more money? It's hand-drawn. Uh, because there's... It's hand-drawn. Hand-drawn pixel. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, the first time people overpaid for... Not this is the same thing at all. I don't think anything will do what CryptoPunks have done. But the first time somebody overpaid for an alien CryptoPunk, it was because they probably had too much money to spend and they like the look of it. And I think that's the... Any class of buyer that comes in overpaying for 1-1s, it's usually an awful idea, for sure. Uh, but I just have to assume it's personal taste every time, uh, having the money to spend and spending it. Yeah. You know, as I've far noticed... as sensible investment decisions go, it's not one, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I had this conversation in the, in the GM squad yesterday uh with alpha male you know alpha male right yeah i i knew him when he had a normal oh. discord name too <laughs> if you give him a shout out real quick he would love that that guy is like <laughs> he's always asking for advice uh <laughs> but uh he was he was talking about pudgy penguins last night and he was saying should i buy the one that's a little more expensive but looks better and has better traits or should i just buy the floor and I guess it kind of goes back to this conversation we're having right now, which is, well, what do you intend to do with it? For penguins, that's actually a really good question. Uh, yeah, but if you want to give them an answer on a podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, so, so the advice you see on Twitter a lot, and you see this in general, people are getting progressively smarter about how they're buying, and that's why our margins keep shrinking or going negative. Uh, because people are realizing you should sell fast and that mid-rares are very liquid, etc., etc. So the, the advice is always, quote-unquote, mid-rares, they only have one or two rare traits, but their ranking is somewhere in the middle, even high middle, uh, not worth it. If it's not in the top 10% at least, don't bother, buy a floor, they're slightly more liquid. Uh, and that's true. But in the case of something like penguins, uh, a lot of the collections you saw popping off heavily in the middle of 2021 uh, were the first ones to establish this concept of like a trait floor, uh, where, where you had people connecting socially over having a golden ape uh, or a trippy board ape, uh, and then also having different pretty markedly different market prices for stuff like smoking a cigarette or having a particular kind of hat so i think just by virtue of launching around then and having a lot of buyers who bought in with the whole trade floor idea uh and those buyers are now looking possibly accumulating more crypto twitter buyers who pumped pudgy penguins basically uh are looking at it the same way for a collection in that kind of position it could actually be worth picking up a very rare trait if it's close to floor even if the overall ranking isn't that great so like yeah 95 percent of the time i'd say don't do it buy a floor just go ahead in this case you either spend the time researching whether the trade is worth it or you just buy a floor yeah that makes a lot of sense because you know sometimes i've made that decision where like Okay, I'm going to try and get this one with a little bit more rarity and see if I can get a little bit more from it. And what I find myself doing, maybe this is just me personally as a, as a bad trader, is I just sell it on the floor. 
and that's just kind of where I keep it, you know. So it's kind of like I'm paying more for no reason. Yeah. Then I found, you know, like why why did I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're completely right. You're completely right. Yeah, getting kinda... overpay for a mid rare, as they say, is like very hard after launch day or reveal day, basically. Yeah, unless you got those weird one of ones or or if traits actually offer some sort of benefit uh you know i I, supposedly moonbirds traits rarity matters but i I saw this this discussion in art blocks actually in their discord uh one of the artists was saying i think i mentioned it on last week i I can't remember but he was saying you know what's the point of rarity if it's not connected to anything because basically you're just putting rarity equals yes into the code and at that point you're not really developing anything around it. It's it's just kind of creates more scarcity. That's a very art block. Set. Was this <laughs> very from the perspective of, of it should <laughs> offer utility, or is this from the perspective of rarity should arise from the simulation? Because one's think, a very art block's answer. I, I I can't quite remember. That was a discussion we had like two months ago. Ah. Uh-huh. But yeah, definitely. I don't think art blocks has rarity in their in their generations right I, I i think they're all just equally unique i don't think you can just slap a number on it but i think i, I think you know our blocks better than me so please hop in but as i understand it you need to have a generative algorithm which produces the piece of art and interacts with some aspect of the wallet making the transaction is that right it either yeah, like, uses the wallet address as a seed or uses some aspect of the transaction as a seed to make the art piece. Yeah, like you're you're part of the creator, basically, because when you mint it, you're basically telling the, the code to generate an output. Um, you're, it's not pre-made and then hosted somewhere else and then you just wait to take the wrapper off. Right, right. Yeah, so and they have to be deterministic as well, I think. So, so only you could have minted with your wallet at that time that piece of art. Uh, yeah, and I guess rarities just kind of don't play a factor into that because, I you know I talked to Jason about this. There, there is no utility to art blocks. Well, back it's, and forth because you do have floor and grail fidenzas, uh, and right. I, I think part of that is just what people think looks better. Uh, but there are more unique outputs, I think. It's usually floatier, right? Like these ones have squirrels in this particular place. It's not so much as like, like a trait. You need to have an eye and there's a community of collectors and they kind of figure out what people like more. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it's based on how something looks, not what what the traits say it has. So it's tougher for sure. I think archetypes too, because you know, a lot of them are just kind of that flat grid. But then there's like a few that are just cubes and i know what you're talking about yep yeah and it's like is that a rare trait or is that just you know something that we're just going to assume is rare because it's just a different type of generation um yeah it's uh rarity is weird i think there's the utility side of it like oh they should give me a better cut of something or a higher quality of whatever this nft offers and i get that uh, I think I would point out that so, 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 so weirdly enough the collections which have massive rarity premiums uh, 
like punks, like board apes. Uh, they have them because it's conspicuous consumption, and people like flexing that they have this expensive punk or this expensive ape. Uh, and not so much because of anything tied to it, right? Uh, Uyghur projects kind of famously have nothing interesting tied to their rarity. The rarity is one thing, and then everyone gets the same utility. Uh, right. Yeah. So, so, so I'm back and forth on it. I, I, I think... I guess what this comes down to is your rares are valuable if the project gets traction, and the projects with the most traction have the most valuable rares. Uh, so when you're buying those right off the rip, either you're taking a bet that it gets traction, which is an insanely risky bet, uh, or you just like how it looks and you have the money to spare. Yeah, that's true. What would you do, Jason? You got a choice between the floor price and something that has you know, certain rarity traits, when when do you make that that decision? I would tend to go toward um, somebody that has something that has more rarity uh, because at least okay. it has some potential for, there's something scarce about it, um, which can at least make it more profitable. Now what that is and the details behind that, um, I'd look into that too, but I would, I would definitely skew more toward that as a an investor with a looking at more of a long term investment than than I would have a daily or an initial floor price. And you're selling to enthusiasts at that point. You you raise a good point. Like anybody who wants to pony up multiple uh, ether for uh, even like a really rare genuine undead, right? Uh, they really like it they like how it looks enough to pay 10 20 times more than the price now you're taking the gamble that someone will see that and you picked up something mispriced and you'll be able to sell it higher uh but it limits your buyer pool to people who tend to think that way if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely that's when it, i guess it becomes an art art market yeah. It's tough to gauge. It's, I, I trade floors almost exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I really tough to gauge. Yeah. I think one of the ones that did the best was unemployables because they had a lot of rarity in their tokens, but the only rarity traits that anyone really cared about were, you know, the pets. You know, some unemployables had a cat, some had a raccoon, some had a dog. And it didn't really matter what type of animal it was. The fact that it had an animal, people just went, that's the one I want because I like pets. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? That. Like, yeah, yep. so, like, that was kind of, like, that. rarity done in a, in a right way where the trait attached to the rarity was, I don't what what's the right word, desirable. You know, if the rarity is, you know pair of sunglasses it's like no one really cares about that but if the rarity is a cute fuzzy dog you know all of a sudden everyone's like i want the cute fuzzy dog because i like cute fuzzy dogs i don't know maybe if maybe if it's attached to something i just found when i was in that community people were pets tend to do well yeah yeah i guess right i mean we're you know the most popular projects are all animals right you know bored apes pudgy penguins moon birds you know I, I think i think maybe we're just a big group of animal enthusiasts 
I think there's just something appealing about having like an extra guy in the picture. I, I couldn't tell you, but I definitely feel it myself, even if I don't buy accordingly, because it's a bad decision most of the time. But I, I, I get the appeal. You, you, you have your guy, and your guy has a little friend, and not everyone's guy has a little friend, so... Yeah, right, like, mine comes with a posse. <laughs> when three landers were riding really high, a similar kind of thing came up. Uh, I think even now, the, the rarer pets you can't find anywhere near the floor because people are just, they bought them expensive and they like them and they're diamond handing them. Yeah. It's it's an interesting setup, so I guess, I don't know. Rarity is a strange thing, but at the end of the day, I think if, you, if you're planning on holding a token, that rarity might mean more to you because that's what you're going to show people that you have, right? You know, if they all have the same utility and you want to use that utility for a very long period of time, I'm not talking three days, I'm talking like three years, you probably want something that's, you know, you can actually show off and not feel like an idiot showing off <laughs> well if if it all goes badly you've just shown yourself off as a bigger idiot which i guess is the gamble <laughs> yeah like oh now you've paid even more for something silly <laughs> well let's see uh we'll see what happens with the hand-drawn traits um yeah we'll see drawn pixels drawn pixels <laughs> cracks me up well Sounds up like next we've got the um the collection that's really working on building a community here, <laughs> the Rotten Antisocial Club, um, <laughs> in the crumbling fetid streets of Zero Valley. Um, the electric thrill of copium fills the air, so they say. So this is uh, even lower. This has got a 0.02 floor price. Um, they've got 301 uh, on their total volume. 9,000 NFTs in the collection. They've sold a third of that. And uh, this has definitely got the look of uh, Goblin Town. And I, I don't even know what to uh, Yeah, it's just all Goblin Town. These, are, these aren't even, these are like zombies or... Trolls? Um, I, I don't even know. Trolls, maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, They're definitely guys... ugly. Definitely ugly. <laughs> Definitely ugly, yeah. And, I mean, I... Ugly... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, please. I I'm at a loss for words. I was going to say, I mean, ugliness, purposeful ugliness, Goblin Town nailed it, right? They wanted to make something that looked ugly, and they did it very well in a way that you could look at the art and be like, this is new, it's unique, it's well done, and it was intentional. Just copying ugliness, though, just creates ugly art. You know, it's this isn't unique. It's not new. It's not really anything else. It's just, you know, this is just ugly. Yeah, I, I, I tentatively agree. And, you know, full respect to, uh, I guess, everyone putting, their, putting effort into making a generative project. It's certainly no small amount of work. Uh, but I, I think personally this one isn't for me. Uh, I tend to appreciate a pretty wide variety of art, but uh, I, I, again, I thought about this with Genuine Undead, at least I could think, okay, they look good, maybe they're getting traction that way, even if 
there's no roadmap, there are no promises, no mystery, etc. They look good. I Here, I don't get it. I Maybe somebody important minted. Maybe they went off on a bunch of mint trackers. I cannot puzzle this one out. Yeah. And I also think this is really, you know, when we look for a project that pumped on a specific day, you know, I when it's not like a big pump, you know, on a, on a Tuesday or a Thursday, you know, the more that happens, I think we start to see kind of, I guess, a symptom of this bear market of people not really fully jumping into these things as much as they did in the past is we're just kind of seeing, you know, on a dull day, what does sell? And it's just kind of derivatives of successful projects. Um, you know? Yeah, I'd say where Undead got traction, uh, and if you look at their chart, there's an accumulation period of four or five days uh, where these are the rounds on Twitter and were very cheap. Uh, and then there was that explosion up to 0.25. That doesn't really seem to have happened here. There are a few bounces, for sure. Uh, but they seem to be holding around 0 0.015, 0 0.02, uh, right around the reveal. I, I don't know. On the other it's... hand, uh, no, there are about 1,200 listed. That looks about right. I don't know why people are holding on to them. I, I couldn't tell you why they aren't more than 1,200 listed. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I guess maybe they're doing the social club right because, you know, when we record these prices, you know, a week, you know, behind the show, right? And generally, when we start the podcast, the prices that we recorded are can be significantly different. Uh, you know, just genuine undead. You know, we recorded all the way up to point three, but now it's at point oh five. This one actually held its price. Because we recorded at 0 0.009 to 0 0.03, and now it's 0 0.02. So if we're talking about stability... Okay, not bad. This one's actually doing better than the other ones, which is kind of weird. I think in my time <laughs> on the show, the two, at least so far, sustained winners we've discussed were Beast Genesis, who have actually only gone up since then. I think they, they've broken their all-time yeah. high. Um, they're well they above really... 1 ETH now. And uh, and Digi Daigaku, who I think uh, came on last week, and I'm not even going to pretend to understand why they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a but... fun conversation for us. But the stability, I'm, it makes me wonder, like, is that anti-social club actually forming... A committed, you know, committed community. I'm legitimately very impressed by how not completely bricked they are. Uh, to be a little colloquial about it, yeah, I uh, I couldn't tell you why, but even with pretty low sales volume, just the odd buy in the last four hours or so, they're sustaining. And you, we don't have the situation which tends to happen with a lot of freemints where. Uh, somebody sees some potential, bots the hell out of it, and then they have 100, 150 units, which they just have to sell at all costs for uh, any amount of profit. So so it'll just get cut down as low as humanly possible. And that's not happening. 
So hats off to the Rotten Antisocial Club. Uh, I wouldn't yeah, feel great about buying one, but you're you're doing something. You saw something I didn't. If you did, uh, and hats <laughs> off for that. Yeah. And whoever mint botted fifty probably you know walked away. You know. Oh yeah, probably very happy. <laughs> It's weird. It's a weird one. They don't even have a Discord, so I don't even know how they're communicating to each other. Well, they're antisocial. So. Uh, right, yeah. there it is. That's <laughs> no that's Discord. what it is. We're just too social to understand. That's right, that's right. Well, maybe we'll <laughs> we won't be in a club. And... We don't talk to anybody. <laughs> club. We'll see what happens. Well, um, if you didn't know, spelling strangers, uh, the spelling the word strangers, uh, you use an X. So uh, think strange, strangers, S D R X N G E R S. This NFT is a newborn collection, pixel art, supposed to shine a light to the Web three world. Well, we've got uh, these are like again, it's pixelated. These are like uh, it looks like cartoon characters, but they're pixelated. Um, we've got a, a floor price and uh, they've only sold a third of their collection uh, collection 6.7 thousand of the ones we've talked about today this is probably an art that that I like the best Um, but what do you guys think I'm happy to hear that oh that makes me happy I love these yeah (laughs) well let's compare it to the one we were just talking about anti-social club because if you look at the price action and what this project is promising, it it doesn't make any sense, right? Anti-Social Club is not really promising anything. We can't find a reason why anyone would buy it, but they're holding a floor price that's closer to the height of their pump. We look at this one. Last week, we recorded it from 0.015 to 0.045. Now it's back to 0.01, so it's lower than the original price that we recorded a week ago. That's rough, yep. But they're saying we're going to make pixel IPs, we're going to have games, Web3, community, they have a Discord, puzzle-like roadmap, and it's like... This one actually is trying to do things. It has art that, you know, we, we enjoy. It has everything there. Oh, yeah. And I, but, I thought very seriously about, like, overpaying irresponsibly for a 1-1 here when those were more readily available. I didn't, but <laughs> but on that topic, like, I really wanted to for once. Yeah, it's... It has all the stuff that an NFT that we've been preaching for the last year. It has all that stuff there for it. But then we see Anti-Social Club holding the floor price more stably. I, I think what you're seeing is uh, the reveal shaking out to be completely honest did it just uh, happen no so it's uh i think actually i think rotten antisocial club was pre-reveal for a bit actually uh but i'm gonna pull up their chart again i completely lost track of it uh i think they Revealed after only a couple of hours, something like that. And you can see there are these sales high above floor pretty much as soon as it came out. Uh, so that signals you're, that they revealed early. You're uh, talking about anti-social or stranger? Yeah, I'm talking about rotten anti-social clubs. So, so oh, okay. the, the result, I guess, is that people came in knowing what they were buying. Uh, 
and either you bought what you liked and you planned to hold on to it, or at the very least, you you knew the art was bad. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but 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 you knew exactly what you held. Uh, there was no question of like, oh, I I bought this because I thought I liked the look of the art, and I hate the one I pulled, so I will floor it. Or I bought this hoping for a rare, uh, and I didn't get one, so I'll floor it. With Strangers, I think we had a more extended reveal period. Uh, it lasted, I think, a full day. And the result is, I, people seem pleasantly surprised by the art, for sure. Uh, but then you end up with this kind of euphoria, fast pump around reveal, and that just can't sustain itself. Uh, I think that I'm coincided sorry. with the ETH price uh, falling well under $2,000 as well so bad data reveal on yeah it makes sense i'm starting to wonder if utilities like you know hey these tokens have utilities in them you know this 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 and this here's community if that's too much of a sell signal to keep a floor stable you know what i mean huh. like like mm -hmm. oh you can make so much money off this token because it has five different utilities and it's got strong community and so everyone's just thinking i'm a sell i'm not going to use whereas antisocial really has no reason to sell and so the floor price has kind of just remained where it is because people aren't you know i mean i'm, I'm just getting the the uh kind of idea that maybe when we see all these utilities that just encourages selling it doesn't encourage holding Whereas nothing's encouraging the sale of rotten anti-social club. Huh. Is that I, I actually... Hmm. I'm not sure, you know? Because I, I, I feel like people often have no reason to hold when there's this no roadmap CC0 type thing. Yeah. Uh, and it results in these, like, insanely bricked projects. But, uh, oh wow, I just found a 1-1 one -one for sale at point one, and I really want it. It's a Teletubby. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> See, there's, there's desire in this artwork, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, like, I, I, I think my, my, did they, so, so the cheap ones are obviously nothing I really want, because that's just how life plays out. Uh, but I remember seeing they had a lot of just very, uh, it, it, like a lot of love went into a lot of their very heavily anime inspired one of ones and i appreciated that uh but but so speaking to your point i'm uh, sorry keegan i totally oh it's all good I, I i feel like what we saw around goblin town was people being tired of utility or tired of the promise that utility would change things uh and coming up short every time i I don't know. The, the 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 reason I'm not sure about about the dynamic you mentioned, right, where utility encourages people to sell because they see upside, uh, is that I think what we saw in Goblin Town was people reacting to the fact that months of utility promises hadn't given them any upside, uh, uh, often hadn't really moved the floor, encouraged volume, etc. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure is my point. Yeah, it's it's just such a strange thing, where you know utility might be shooting yourself in the foot at a certain point because like people, you know, 
all the alpha calls, you know, at least the ones I'm, you know, kind of most exposed to. Um, no discredit to GM Key, they're the best. Uh, no worries. <laughs> it's been a little quiet, I know. <laughs> but it, it's always like this is going to gain a lot of value for these, you know, utilities, and then everyone just kind of looks right. at it like a pack of hungry wolves, you know, going, "Oh man, I can't wait to to sell these and make some gains." This, yeah. Yeah, whereas, you know, maybe the alpha calling mentality might need to change where it's, this is actually worth holding without flips in mind. Uh, but, it, but of course, yeah. you know, there's so many people out here like, well, I just want to make money. <laughs> it's a tough one. I, I, I think, I think it, it's tough because figuring out what might do well long term, uh, Unless you're saying buy blue chips, right? That usually makes sense because they already have traction. They have people married to the profile picture. Uh, often very high-profile people, both in crypto and in real life, like celebrities, that kind of thing. They they, they have better odds of keeping attention, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, right. And anything new, you're really... Sometimes they're very clear signals. Uh but more often than not, it's really hard to tell what's going to get traction and what's not. And so in that case, advising somebody to hold just always feels wrong to me. Yeah. And, you know, knowing that you're only probably talking to a small audience, you know, because, you know, a lot of alpha groups are what, like 900 to 1500 people where the collection is 5000 to 10,000. You know, you're just yeah. telling us, like, you know, a small portion of people to hold, whereas everyone else out there is kind of like, nah, I'm flipping this thing. No, no, and... of course. I, I think people are just inclined to flip as well. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think what encourages holding behavior is, is people seeing a pattern where they're rewarded for doing so. Uh, and they haven't seen that in this market for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just a foreign feeling, you know. Maybe no one's really experienced holding a token for a long period of time and, you know, understanding those benefits outside of, you know, blue chips or, you know, alpha groups, which most people don't try to leave. You know, you get an alpha group. I, I, I'm willing to bet that alpha passes to, like, successful alpha groups are some of the most long-term held tokens. Yeah, likely, likely, and and it's because that's your, it, it, that's your community, right? Yeah, uh, but it's of... exactly the same for for blue chips. You picked up on it exactly. It's uh, it, it's where people choose to spend their time, uh, what what they think twice about selling. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I'm curious, uh, Jason. Now we got the full other end of the spectrum. Here's the thing jam packed with utilities. Why is it so low? <laughs> like, I don't know about Jam Packed, but they're offering something. Yeah, they're offering something. I guess Jam Packed in comparison to Rotten Nancy Social Club. Like fine point. Yep. Well, uh, it it could just be a something on the the end of their marketing, or um, they're just still getting their name out there. I don't know how long this has been around, um, but it could be find out. Kind of... I think they're a primarily Chinese team as well, by the way, which might make it a little tough. Um, I, I gave their Discord a peek before getting on the show, and I think uh, 
it's majority Chinese. Uh, I, I couldn't speak to whether it's Mandarin or not, but it's majority written Chinese. Uh, and that might uh, make them struggle with communication somewhat. Yeah, they might have like a different audience involved. Yeah, it could just be something ancillary like that that uh, isn't doesn't have to do with the, the quality of their utility. But um, yeah, there's there's something else that that might be uh, an obstacle in the way of, of growing their audience. Um, but no, this is a this is a good one. I like the art. I like the utility. It's a it looks good. Let's see this Darth Vader one for point sixty nine. Uh see. It's okay, it's okay. I'm gonna hope a few more things sell and then maybe I'll buy a stranger. Just <laughs> just for the culture. Just for the culture, yeah, there we go. I just indeed. I just I don't know, man. I just feel like this deserves to have a higher floor price than something like the social club, which hasn't really doesn't have any of this but yeah we'll have to see how it plays out uh it could be they get traction i'm actually surprised i don't see more twitter profile pictures of these uh because they're good profile picture material but we'll have to wait and see yeah yep. definitely we'll wait and see on it well guys thanks so much that is it for uh this week's nft winners we did the littles nft NFTF, Genuine Undead, Rotten Antisocial Club, and Strangers, which was the best one, of course. So we <laughs> will uh, get back with you. Zindabad, thanks so much for uh, being on with us again. Thank you both. Thanks, Keegan. Yep. Thanks for both of your insights, and we will see our listeners here next week. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Bye, guys. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Twitter at bccn3 underscore media and subscribe to our newsletter at bccn3.com. From our website, you can also join in the conversation in our Discord channel and Reddit page. And we will see you here next time on BCCN3 Talk. <laughs>